0: You are listening to an exclusive on Podhub Network. Your city, your podcast.
1: With the delight of this crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout, steps with first base. McCutcheon's throw,
0: the runner breaks for the plate, here's the throw, Wow.
1: listening to the North Shore 9 podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch
2: NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go Bucks!
0: Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to NS9 Live. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we have Tyler. We have Jim. It's Thursday night. There's no baseball, thanks to the Yankees. But we're here to recap the MLB Draft and the Pirate selections. What is up, everyone? What's up? Go Cards. Oh, God. We're not talking the St. Louis variety. (laughs) Yeah, so
2: after Henry Davis, there was a second Louisville pick. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Hey, we're going to talk about him anyways.
0: We will. What about you, Tyler? What's up with you? Why are we late tonight, Tyler? I'm busy. Why are we late? That's not an excuse, Tyler. Why were we late? Some unlike you guys, I actually have no. work.
1: No, that's not and an there excuse, are Tyler. Some things that happen at work
0: that cause you to be
1: late. Like you guys know I didn't know if I'd even be able to be on tonight. And this is a last minute thing. When did I text you? Yesterday?
0: Or today. I don't know, Hank. I don't know. Hank every, says he sees every, Tyler made it. He you, made it, but he's not telling us why he was late. I still haven't heard invalid yeah. reason.
2: I didn't realize we were doing this tonight until like an hour ago.
1: I mean, I, I did send a text like this morning saying, yeah, I can do it tonight.
2: You said you might be able to do it.
0: Might? I'm, uh, might is a 50-50 for me. I don't like to commit. I don't know what my life holds. I don't like to commit. Well, you're committed to work. That's why you're late. Apparently. Listen, we had a work party. I didn't know
1: when I'd make it back.
0: Bush late for Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> all right, voice. guys. Whatever. You're here. We're all here. We'll throw it under the bus. Let's keep going. Welcome everyone, I'm glad you're here watching us argue, but um, yeah, so I guess we're going to talk about the draft, before I guess we should get into the draft, let's maybe talk about the events that happened this week in the All-Star Game, Adam Fraser can hit David, it still exists, <laughs> and that's about it, so I guess we can move on now, no, I don't know, what did you guys think about the All-Star Game? Um... It was fun. I mean, from a pirate standpoint, Frazier got the
2: national league's first hit. So, you know, proving that he should not have been the number nine hitter. Right. Um, Reynolds hit a ball that I thought was going to carry, but he must've just not gotten all of it. I thought, I thought he had a Homer, but he didn't, but yeah, Adam Frazier. How about two pirates starting in the all-star game? That just shows you one, how good of a year there, those two are having, but also (laughs) how bad of a year the other 23 Pirates are doing on the roster.
1: That, that's exactly what I've been thinking for like the last week of how are two Pittsburgh Pirates starting in this team? Is this bad?
0: Right. I, like, and put that in perspective, like when you take out the, the pitcher, right? That's 25% of the starting lineup of the All-Star game. A quarter of the All-Stars in that lineup were Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> like that's how bad this team is and neither that's more are brian hayes you guys are so so like right. when we keep talking about this top three of this lineup and how good you know like they really are and we're also talking about a team that's right now slot for number three draft pick next year that says a lot talk about stars and scrubs you know what else is bad? just
1: we've rubbed on them a lot but how do you think Derek Sheldon feels? I have two starting all-stars and I am like a 35% winning manager.
0: I think he knows what it is. I think he knows <laughs> the rest of the team is pretty bad. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, you got to look in the mirror and be like, I got two starting all-stars and I cannot win.
0: Yeah. but at, then At some point, like maybe I suck too. But but at the same time you also look at a lineup card and you're just sitting here thinking, I got Kevin Newman, I got Cole Tucker, I got who's this guy again? Ben, who do we pick up? I forget how you say it. Nick, Nick, uh you know, like Sean. Sean. <laughs> you know, he's he's just like, Who yeah. who do I gotta put in here? Like, I don't know where to put these guys. So I get that, man,
1: but at the same time. You've got two starting all-star
0: guys. And at the same time, yeah. and you this have the worst the, hitter yeah. in the but in,
1: I get that, man. But we're talking about baseball. You should win a third of your games no matter what. And they are. They're winning a third. <laughs> yeah, they're winning a third, and they got two all-stars. They, also
2: trotted, they also trotted out a lineup last week, though where the four, five, and six hitters had all been DFA'd this year.
1: Right. (laughs) I get it. But at the same time.
0: I don't think you get it. I'm a
1: manager. (laughs) Yeah, I do, though. He should, a manager should look in the mirror and be like, you know what? I should be a lot better with this team because I've got two dudes that are really good.
0: I don't think he gets it, Jim. I, I don't think he gets it. I do I'm, get it. I'm, I'm, just, no, I'm, I'm, I no, I do get. It. I if, don't care how. If they bad didn't have those two all stars, you'd be looking at the Diamondbacks.
1: No. Oh, even worse, even worse than the Diamondbacks. Probably. But you have the two all stars, and so
0: you're the Pirates of you
1: 2021.
2: Yeah. So you're the Pirates.
1: Yeah. Okay. Look. <laughs> Told me, listen, tell me seriously in about two
0: weeks, you're going to really yes. understand when Adam Frazier isn't on the team, right. also. I
1: get that, I do get that, <laughs> but has Derek Shelton not lost them at least a handful of games? I think
2: Derek Shelton has not, um, won them, he hasn't won them many him. games, but. There you go. Like, and we've criticized Shelton and we're getting a little off track here. We're talking about Shelton now, (laughs) Um, which we've done this a few times, but I think Shelton, yeah, he hasn't made good decisions clearly, but at the same time, the players are, are also just complete trash. Like they're bad. Like when he doesn't, when he has to go to the bullpen, there's not a great option there. When he has to go to the bench, there's not a great option there. Um, So, I mean, do I blame him for for being for making bad decisions? Yeah, I think he's been making bad decisions, but I don't blame him for for us being twenty-two
1: games under five. No, absolutely not. You don't. But
0: you got two all stars that start. I think you can separate the two though. And I think that's what we're trying to say. Like, I mean, yeah, someone has had his faults. we've definitely criticized and 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 all, but I don't think he's like looking at this team and saying, I should be better because there's two all stars. I mean, this he team... should look at his team and go, "Man, I have not
1: done anything to win this team ball ball games."
2: Like literally half of the team probably should be in AAA. Like that's not an exaggeration. Yeah. Like you're not at least half a good of the portion
0: team... <laughs> uh, has been in AAA and hasn't performed in AAA either, and they're right on right. this club. So that is true,
1: but it's also we're also looking at a manager that I think you can say. I don't know that he has won them a game. No, he ha- he hasn't. We know that exactly. What are we doing?
0: No managers win any better. games. We're, we're what we're doing is saying the two all stars have no point of discussion. Like it doesn't matter. There's two all stars in this team. It's still trash. No, he hasn't won them any games. And he probably I'm not gonna say a handful, but I'm sure he's. We can debate how much a manager truly you know matters in wins and losses. But it's not as if it's like I have two all stars and I should be at like 45% win percentage. Like, I mean, this again. Yeah, it is. No, no. Look in the mirror at some
1: point and be like, wow. Half the team isn't
0: even replacement level, it negates everything. Okay. Okay. Two starting.
1: A third of your lineup is actually very good major league baseball players, and, and you're this dog
0: show. Third
1: the, two third is literally thirds <laughs> is made up of minor leaguers. Like these are
2: minor, and, these are less than replacement level. Players. And there's your thirty three
0: percent. <laughs> this is a, it's a
1: very weird argument I am what, taking right now. I don't know I what know. we're
0: arguing right now. And
2: <laughs>
1: like, I apologize, you are going to get sidetracked.
2: But do you want to know what Brian Reynolds and Adam Fraser's war adds up to 5.9? Do you know what the entire Pittsburgh pirates position players war adds up to? So keep in mind, they're 5.9. What is the entire team? Probably like seven, <laughs> 5.8. <laughs> Brian Thank Reynolds you. and Adam Frazier have a higher WAR than the actual Pittsburgh Pirates.
0: <laughs> Sad. It negates everything. Two thirds. Boom. Thirty-three <laughs> percent. I don't want to I don't want to get yeah, this yeah. into a whole argument. You're about wearing this. the right hat. You're wearing the right hat. Take this L, Tyler. Let's move on. No,
1: it's not an L. This is a. Derek Sheldon has not done anything to win this team games. And the two starting all-stars should make him think, wow, I blow. All
0: right, we're moving off on this. And no, Bucko Mike, Stallings is not a minor leaguer. You're drunk. So, with that said, the all-star game, back to it. Uh, I don't even know what I wanted to say about it. I guess. Oh, the Brian Reynolds. Yeah, that was right when I – I literally turned the All-Star game back on, and he hit that. And I thought it was gone as well. Um, How about the Home Run Derby? I didn't like it. I'll start off. I'll go on record. I hate the timed event. I mean, I still watch it, and I'm I'm not saying it's – I'm not that type of, oh, this is unwatchable, and I'm turning this off. But it's totally wrong. It's terrible. The whole time, the event takes away from the like the absolute mystique of the home run derby. You want to see them pimp the home runs. You want to watch it. You know what I mean? Like you want. I love the outs. The timed version just sucks. I'll let Tyler get his response out of. That one. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't
1: watch it. Dave right. Jousters, some great pitches. That's what I got for, so, for you. Yes. Um, MVP.
2: I found it you know, highly entertaining. I I look forward to it every year. I think it's a lot of fun. I think the, uh, you know, they had a good crop of players. Um, It was, it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. I will agree with you though, that especially, especially like the first round, like before they, they get too tired. Right. And they're just up there taking hacks and they're, 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 they're taking four swings every 10 seconds. I agree with you that, it doesn't um it's not as good of a production for television yes because because basically you i mean you had these guys launch a ball and by the time it was halfway to the fence another pitch was coming so it was like okay well what do i even focus on right now do i focus on this ball that i think has just gone 500 feet or do i want to watch his swing on this next pitch that might go 500 feet so I, I agree with you i timed event i'm not a huge fan of um maybe maybe use the timed event as like what like the tiebreaker is sure but i think like the main like the main part should be the outs i like the way it was with that because yeah you get a hold of one you can follow the back you get Chris Berman going back, back 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 right and you don't have to worry about anything else going on you just pay attention to that ball that was just destroyed um and hit 500 feet right. So I'll agree with you there um still highly entertaining but yeah I, I yeah. it's not it's not as it doesn't it's not made for TV as well as it was I feel like in the past
0: I didn't know where to put my eyes like you're saying like, I mean do I still watch yeah. this ball do I do I now focus on the next at bat and oh by the way how many home runs did you have at this time I still don't know and how far to go well we don't know because ESPN wasn't putting it on there for some reason so yeah I just I was just all over the place I, I didn't know where to focus on what to do. I'm I'm with you like it was entertaining. I still watched it, but they just completely they they missed they they missed out. They they it like you said it's not made for TV and I'm not even so sure if it's made for like in person either cuz I feel like you're probably kind of still doing the same thing like you're you're physically watching that ball and then you hear they're cracking the bat again and you're like well, where is this one at? <laughs> you know? So right. it's
1: like playing dodgeball.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and then they would like, they would
2: pick up as a ball was still in the air, they would skip to the next ball that was already hit. It's like, stick with this ball that's in the air. I want to know if this goes out or not.
0: Right. Yeah. That's what I didn't like about it.
2: Yeah. It just, I think the whole format
0: just made the production more difficult. Yeah. And because of that, they had it, they have to do split screen. So, right. Right. You're just, you're just lost. I was just so lost. Just so lost. Mm -hmm. Like Tyler doing a, podcast all right um so i guess is that our all-star talk <laughs> yeah i think that's about it okay so let's move on to the draft so the 2021 mlb draft we had our live show we saw henry davis get drafted number one overall uh, a little mixture at first i think um you could probably say the same from people on twitter here and there but we had a whole day to settle. I think a lot of us, and we talked about it, you know, we felt now we didn't think it was gonna be Henry Davis, but we thought that it was gonna be a guy that's gonna give us, you know, an underslot value, right? Put some money back in the pocket so that way Charrington and company could spread it out for the other picks, right? They can go over slot and get some good value there. Now that the dust settled, you know, we knew Henry Davis is there. We, you got our live reactions. Now that the dust settled, Henry Davis goes first. And we saw the rest of the draft. Let's just start off by saying, like, what did you guys think of the overall draft? And now, how do you view the Henry Davis pick? And I'll start with Tyler because I would say, of all of us, Tyler was probably the most discouraged of the pick. It's rude. I wasn't discouraged. You said, no, bad pick. (laughs) You did say, bad pick. Did I? You You did. That was pretty emotion. I ran it back. It, it was. You rationalized. <laughs> you had some. You had some real legit thoughts to it. You know, like, like I can understand. You talked about being, you know, a catcher in the high rounds, and yeah, you, you, you talked also yourself so, off the ledge, it a
2: little, and it was a yeah, little guy. I definitely.
0: So there's
1: definitely the part of I did not want Jim to have the guy that I've been hearing about forever, because I don't want to hear Jim's mouth. And it's also the part of what I said of I don't want a catcher that early. Now, looking at it now, there's a reason that Ben Sherrick is the GM and that I'm on a North Shore 9 podcast.
0: Well, and, and so not to cut you off totally, but oh, sorry, I also want to expand short. upon it. I think it wasn't totally just to remind you because obviously you forgot why you hated the pick, but mm-hmm. it wasn't just the fact that he was a catcher. But the fact that his receiving skills aren't good, so he's probably not yep, going to be a catcher. Absolutely. So it was more or less taking a guy, number one yep. overall, that doesn't have a position. That was more absolutely. or less your, your stance on it. And again, yeah, and I can respect why, that.
1: Yeah, and that's why I have said a couple times that he, comp-wise, I think we're looking at a Kyle Schwarber type of guy. Now, looking at it through a clearer lens, Of God, I don't want Jim to have what he wants. I don't hate it as much. I actually don't hate it at all, especially when Jim, I will give you credit, you have tweeted multiple times that the Pirates had, what, four out of the top 32 according to, is it Baseball America's rankings? Correct. So at the end of the day, I think you're looking at Ben Sherrington had a plan coming into this thing. And he got talent. No matter any way you slice it, the guy got dudes that are, even if you look at MLB pipeline, two of the guys are top 20 or top 25, I believe. I think Chandler's 21. So uh, what? Gosh, I can't remember his name already. Right above him. Solomito. Yeah. Italian name. I don't like those. Touche. Like did to not. <laughs> uh, you're looking at. According to pipeline, that's three dudes that are top 25 according to the rankings. So, at the end of the day, you've got a guy that are. Like I've said on the podcast, on, gosh, what day was that? They're all blending together. Uh, that was Sunday. We did. Sunday. Oh, on you're looking day? at a guy. I know, but. It's been a long week, Donardo. Some of us are busy and actually have to work. But he's going to rake, like I said then. And then you're getting some very, very high upside players to go along with it that from all records are going to be very signable. So I think they've placed themselves in a very good position and I'm very cautiously optimistic about the draft.
0: Okay. I like that. Jim?
2: Um, Yeah, I think what, you know, at the end of day one, we were kind of all optimistic at that point that we would be able to at least grab a second top talent, right, in the second round with that 37th overall pick. I don't really think anybody had in their wildest expectations or dreams that, they would be able to go, you know, Solomito, white Chandler. Right. Cause I mean, Chandler, by the way, is someone we were all talking about, you know, for that 37th pick. Right. Um, you know, and so we, I mean, so being able to pick Henry Davis first overall, and we, we mentioned, we talked about it at length on Sunday, right. Like the the, the guy has upside, like he absolutely, he absolutely belonged in the conversation for the first overall pick. Right. Um whether just from a pure talent standpoint right not even not even talking about any of the other variables that go with it Um, but being able to take davis first overall basically it allowed them to go out there and just be able to really bully all the other teams like the other teams couldn't afford these guys
1: as they were falling
2: down right
1: jim that's a really good way to phrase it is they bullied other teams with their money they did. I mean, that's exactly what happened. They, they, you know, these, these, these kids. I mean, Bubba Chandler after after the second round.
2: I mean, I didn't think it for there would be any chance that Bubba Chandler would be even drafted at that point anymore. Because like, well, I, I thought it was done. Him? Yeah, yeah, it was done. I'm,
0: I'm with you. But like, to, I assume. Yeah. I mean, I, I changed my Twitter name for the first time, like ever. Like it was either <laughs> North Shore Nine or NS Nine Live, and yeah. I, I felt like you know, hey, it worked for Jim. He got Henry Davis right. So let me do. You know, I did Bubba Chandler. Uh, consensus next best available, best available like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it was thinking that, okay, it's going to be him. And when it wasn't him, my mindset yeah. went right to where well, they must have tried to negotiate. And he said, I'm playing football. I thought the dream was over.
2: Yeah. And I think, I mean, if you just, you look, look around at like all of these national, you know, reporters, right. So, you know, JJ Cooper, baseball, America after day two, he literally like they wrote an article on baseball america it's titled how the pirates used their financial financial advantage to dominate day two of the draft right so like these people the pirates use
0: their financial
2: (laughs) yeah yeah um mlb pipeline wrote an article these clubs had the best draft halls number one pittsburgh pirates right um fan graphs Pittsburgh ended up with four of our top 54 prospects. That was this was our third-ranked farm system, but they may have pushed themselves, you know, past Toronto into number two. So, um, every single person who writes about the draft and covers the draft um, recognized that what the Pirates did, uh, especially with those first four picks, was just they they crushed it. Like they absolutely knocked it out of the park. There's really no way to put
0: it. Unless you're Tim Benz and Hall of Fame vote, Haver Jeez. Ron Cook, but I digress. The guy who votes yeah. on Hall of Fame people, but I digress. He has a vote for a Hall of Fame, but I digress. No, but so I, I think, um, like I said,
2: they they did an an exceptional job. I I don't think they even probably thought they could they could they could draft all four of these guys that they did, and they were able to. And uh, yeah, they, like I said, they, they kind of, they flexed that financial advantage that they had over everybody else. They made a really smart first pick that allowed them to use that to their advantage for the next few rounds. And uh, they, I mean, they've got a chance to, and, and again, prospects, you know, none of these things are sure things, right. Right. But uh, you know, the more you can stock up on guys who are rated high, you know the the better chance you have of hitting, um, and so they they've got four really good picks that they were able to take uh, with their first four picks.
1: Yeah, sorry, Dennard, I'm going to cut you off, but obviously they haven't signed yet. But it by all imag all imagination, the top four hopefully will sign at least three or four. But when we were talking about Henry Davis, I think we were talking about maybe they'll snag a guy in like round 10, not round 11 that was probably going to go to college, but he's not like a Bubba Chandler. And somehow they were able to pull out like four of those. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
2: And and they even, they even did that too, though. Also, I mean, with Braylon Bishop in the 14th round, I mean, I know he sent out that one tweet saying like, see you soon, Arkansas, but Hey, who knows what's going to happen? Like if the pirates have some money, they'll 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 throw it at him and and see what he says but um I mean they, that's kind of their their additional flyer that they took I mean Braylon Bishop was he was he was another top I think top 60 or top 70 guy according to most places and just a really strong commitment to Arkansas so we'll see
0: yeah no I mean you guys pretty much said it all And you know you're right I'm with you like I was kind of under depression. Tyler said, like, you know, the later rounds. I was kind of under depression. Like, I'm hoping the next the next pick will be, you know, overslot. Like, it'll get a first-round talent. And, again, I was, you know, thinking after the draft, okay, maybe it'll be Bubba Chandler. Like, how intriguing of a pick is that, right? And it went with Salamento. And that was also a guy I was thinking of. Like, that could happen. And so it wasn't like I was disappointed by it by any means. But at that point, I thought, okay, so it's Salamento. Like, that's good. Great pick. That's why you get the Davis one. Chandler's probably out, out of the question now. Eh, that stinks, but I understand it. And and you're right. Like I was expecting one guy, and then maybe some later ones, right? Later rounds, you're you're trying to you're trying to hope for. But when like Lonnie White went, then I was like, well, damn. Mm -hmm. Look at that. Like they got it. Like they got a second one. Holy hell! Look at this draft that you know Ben Charrington's having. And then Bubba Chandler gets drafted. I was just in shock. I was in shock and not the shock of Henry Davis where I was just confused. Like, wait, wait, I wasn't prepared for this. I was in shock that I thought the dream was gone, but why? I mean, the Pirates had all night to talk to people, you know, if you knew, I'm sure they talked to him. So if you knew you had no shot in drafting him, why would you take him here? You know? What and you waited this long? Like not even the third, the third pick. It was the fourth pick that they took Bubba Chandler, and I just, I, he's got to be going back to school though, right? And why did you waste that? So I was excited that it happened, but it's like I, it's not going to happen. And you just see like these, like every hour something new came out. Like Tim Williams, like we well, had a Pirates hat on. He looks like, well, damn, he did, you know. And and he's tweeting like someone tweeted out there he already changed his Instagram bio, you know, picture for the Pirates. And it's like time and time again you're seeing this stuff. It's like it's going to happen. And, you know, they all come out and basically have said that we intend to sign all these guys. Like, we don't feel it's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. And you see their draft pattern. You know, it was almost immediately, you know, they went right to the college seniors. And it's like, okay, this makes sense. They're kind of mm-hmm. tanking these little you know, these, these rounds here to save some money to pay for these guys. So, okay, it's a little bit of Henry Davis and a little bit of these mid-rounds to, to make the money work because, like you said, Jim, I don't think the Pirates are even expecting to pull this off. And it's like, and once they're able to like, well, damn, we got to, we got to go to the well now and just start, you know, getting some money back and let's go. And next guy, Owen Kellington, you know, because he's going to sign for cheap and Jackson Glenn, because he's going to sign for cheap because we need some money to make it happen. And again, it seems like we don't know yet to Tyler's point that they sign, but it seems like they're going to sign. And if that all happens, what a win. I am absolutely in love with this draft. And like you said, it's all prospects. We know not all going to pan out, but it's the the potential that's here. That's what Charrington has done with his whole club. He's gone for young, high upside guys. And when you look at these first four picks, except for Davis, who does have upside. Yes, Jim. Yes, I agree. He has upside. But it's just like these other guys, there's so much upside in these type of picks that you're just flooding this farm with so many options and talent. Yes, there are a lot that's going to miss, but you set yourself up by giving you a lot of talent. You know what I mean? Like, someone's going to have to hit the majors. So I just really am impressed on what Charrington did uh, with his draft. And again, I think a lot of luck fell his way, but hey, it happened and he made it happen.
1: Yeah, and I think there's some... Like, even... You saw a little bit of a different strategy... Even with the signability guys like a Jackson Glenn, Mm -hmm. he went after guys that maybe small school, but these guys absolutely freaking raked wherever they were. Right, like Jackson Glenn raked. Yeah, did he go to a small school? Absolutely, but he's going to sign. Without what Jim you tweeted it, they could offer him a dollar. He's going to take it,
0: and
1: it's not like. The same with the Huntington regime, where it was more high upside with college. I think guys that didn't put up the numbers in college maybe played a middle infield position that, like a Stephen Alameda or a Connor Kaiser type of guy that hit under 300. Like he took dudes that hit the baseball, and I think you saw that with the Cardinals at one point too. Back in the day when they got the Matt Carpenters, they got the Matt Adams got small school guys that just hit a baseball and we'll figure it out.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, you brought, brought up, um, you know, the college seniors, cause that's just going to be able to free up a ton of money, you know, because again, you could offer them next to nothing and they really sort of have to sign with you. Right. Uh, so, so you can pretty much get their entire slot and bank that money uh, to go towards those top guys. But no, you mentioned Jackson Glenn. He's actually kind of intriguing. I mean, he's he was probably one of the top college seniors in the draft. He's you know he was a fifth-year senior, so older. He's 24 years old. But yeah, I mean, absolutely mashed the ball um, this year. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully you know some of these guys. And, and and the other thing too, even if none of these players make the majors, right? Let's say Jackson Glenn and Mike Jarvis don't make the majors. Like, you could you can tell. And just from conversations that like this organization is really kind of committed on, they, they want to win in the minor leagues too, right? Like the minor leagues isn't necessarily like, it's about player development, but like, they also want to teach these, teach everybody how to win. Um, you know, and, and players like that are, are, are people who would, you know, can win in the minor leagues. Um, cause you know, they're, they're maybe a little bit older than their competition, more advanced. Uh, and i mean jackson glenn may make the majors you know at some point but he'll probably be 25 or 26 when it happens right and be like a role player uh, but but he could be somebody that helps out you know nick gonzalez and Piguero win a won a championship in altoona or something next year so that's uh th- that's another thing to kind of consider because yeah these guys can hit like they're all good like these college seniors that they took they're not scrubs they they, they picked they picked some good guys
0: No,
1: they're, they're not thinking Connor Joe.
0: Well, he is in the majors. (laughs) They love him in Colorado. No, what I was going to say is actually that you make a really good point, Jim. And I think that's actually on, on topic because it was just Quinn Priester. I felt like they had someone interviewed him or had some conversation. He was just talking about how like so different is this year because, you know, last year was just, just some dudes, you know, there's nothing excited for, he's like, but now, like I look behind me, like there's Nick Gonzalez, you know, there's Peggy, like like there's talent around you and and that does speak, you know, like that does make a good point, um so so right, even if these guys don't make the majors, there's still talent, you know look, look at indie it's it's mm-hmm. a pretty sad state, <laughs> there's not a whole lot there. You know, so it'd be nice to have some teams that you know are winning and these prospects are on these winning cultures and then they come with their pirates. So I guess there's there's definitely some value into that.
1: I agree with you. I think there's something to be said about just building a winning culture in the minor leagues, no matter who it is. Just build a winner and guys that are used to winning.
0: Right.
2: Especially because yeah. like the way this team is now set up is like you've got this core of guys who like they're all gonna reach the majors pretty much at the same time right um like all those guys in greensboro and altoona they're all they're all pretty much a year you know pretty much within a year of the of each other um and and yeah like you want those guys to make the majors and know how to win and expect to win um you know that that's a lot of this is like i mean a lot of this is mental like you it in order to play baseball, like you've got to, you've got to think you're a dude, right? Like, and you've got to think you're better than the person you're facing. And so uh, that that's, that's a big part of this going through the minors is, yeah, you don't want to be just getting your brains bashed and then go to a major league team and then lose. I mean, the, the <laughs> ultimate goal of everything is to win. Right. Um, so yeah. Get used to winning.
1: Yeah. It's so lame to hear like mm-hmm. uh, we want guys that are used to winning and, we want a winning yeah. culture. It's lame to hear, but there is something to be said about guys that come up and they're just winners. Know how to win. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And like almost demand it. You know what I mean? Like no one wants to lose. And it it's easy to get in that loser mentality, if put it that way. You know, like you're just used to losing, mm-hmm. you don't hate it as much. <laughs> You know, yeah. like you just get accustomed to it and it becomes like maybe the running joke or whatever. And, and whatever. And it's like, right. Like you're setting these guys up at a very young age. Like, let's win. Let's expect to win. Let's know how to win. And then when you get to the majors, you're not comfortable and okay with losing. So you're right. And, you know, I didn't think about that in that sense, like these type of picks, but they mm-hmm. are, they are good. Will they not make the majors? Maybe not. But you're at least like replenishing this. Almost, okay, let's put it this way, this this farm system is almost like stars and scrubs too. Is that fair to say? Like there's some there's talent, but then like again, you look at India like and there's there's not so much talent either.
2: I think it's stars and scrubs from like a level standpoint like that, like Indianapolis is scrubs, right? Yeah. But like from a pure depth standpoint, the depth of this minor league system is just incredible. Um well and it got a lot more now
0: yeah. incredible.
2: Yeah, even more incredible now. Uh, just the amount of guys who are in the system that have the potential to just make the majors right um you know most teams maybe have 20 or 25 of those guys or 30 of those guys like there's i mean like like when fan does their top rankings or whatever i think they rank everybody who has a future value of 40 or higher right yeah i think that's what they do yep um no actually is it
0: 35 the 35 plus
2: 35 or higher okay yeah they do 35 plus but going into the draft you know they had 50, they, they did instead of doing a top 30 prospect list or whatever they did a top 51 for the pirates a top 51 so they had 51 players um in that in that 35 plus future values where if you're looking at you know those those top farm like i said they had they had pittsburgh ranked third You know the Rays have 62, so the Rays are kind of in that same boat. Uh, Toronto is 39, right? So there's just a lot of guys in the system. It's so deep. Yeah, Triple A not great, but the rest of the system so deep right now.
0: Yeah, I I just uh, I don't want to make this like a love affair, but to call (laughs) it like what it is. I mean, when you look. At Charrington, I was, I was a little bit nervous with a Charrington signing, and then I was nervous when nothing really happened that off season. Like it was stalling Marte, and that was basically it. You know, there was no trade of Josh Bell, no no trade of anything else. You know, we went to 2020, and I'm just, it's kind of uneasy. And literally, like what he's done since then, like honestly, like in a, a exact year's time, like even if you take out the Marte trade, and just look what he's done from last draft. To this draft with every type of move, right? Every a- trade, acquisition, you know, draft picks and such. What he's done to this farm system in just one year's time honestly is incredible. To me, it's incredible how much talent he's flooding here with how little talent the Pirates had to give away as well. It's not like you had prime Andrew McCutcheon that you can get a haul for, you know, like you did it with a struggling Josh Bell. You did it with a guy who came off his second Tommy John. You did it with a guy who, you know, a lot of teams are uneasy. I'm not just a lot of teams, but there's definitely fans, people are uneasy about, like, what is Joe Musgrove? Is he a top guy? Is he just a guy that sucks with his, you know, career, ERA, however you want to look at it? Um, you know, of course, I believed in him. I also believe in Chad Cole, so take that for what it is. <laughs> but, you know, it's like he didn't have a ton of talent to give away to get a top, you know, all these guys. But what he's done so far has been pretty remarkable so i gotta tip my cap to him because i was a little bit leery even was making the trades i was like "Eh, you know i still see a little bit of hunting i I don't know i I don't know i'm not falling in love with these deals you know right away but at this moment like Mm -hmm. i'm all in on charrington there's nothing that i can really say that makes me feel like he's not capable i have doubts what he's done so far has, has been really good to play the devil's advocate here,
1: Huntington did have a top farm system. He did. While the Pirates were good, he did. I know. I know he did. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's yet to be seen, but I, I'm I'm not discounting that at all. You know, but all we have is data to date, and so far yeah. what he so far what he's done, all these guys are still development, and I think I put that out there on Twitter this week, too. like We still have to see the development side, because I think it's Uh been clear now. It wasn't so much the draft, right? Like He could identify talent. It was what he could do after that and develop it, I felt was the real Mm -hmm. gap. I mean, it could be the same way for Charrington. We don't know, but so far, with all the information we have, and what Charrington has done, I can't complain. No, you can't.
1: No, you're right. Um, the only the big pause I have is that it is the same developmental system that Huntington had. It's not the same. Like
2: no, they're, it's they, pretty they damn close. In, they brought in a lot of new people. They brought in a lot of new technology and things like that that they just didn't have before. It's the but same scouts. At that
1: point, <laughs> Which, we're literally five years behind the curve.
2: Well, I think that's the goal is to kind of catch up.
1: It is, but we're talking about scouts wise, this draft. How many drafts have we heard about that have been so great? And then we watch them rise up through the system and it just doesn't work. And I'm with you. I do think that something's changing here. I think there's a shift in philosophy, but I also, as I tweeted
0: cautiously optimistic. That's where I'm at. I saw your tweet on that. And I think that's very fair. And I think that's how we all are. I mean, again, I can't sit here. I'm I'm not going to come up here and say where a lot of people have said, although they put more on running, but just, well, who cares? Like, who cares they got these people because it ain't going to happen. You know, all we have is information that's presented in front of us. I'm not going to predict the future on past regimes either. You know, like, I'm not going to say, well, Huntington failed. So Charrington going to have to fail also, you know, but what Charrington has done so far, sorry, I'm getting too excited here. What Charrington has done so far warrants like exception. Like, I mean, you, you, I can't, I can't badmouth him. them. I can't say, well, who cares? I can't say, yeah, but yeah, but I mean, all I can say right now is he has done a superb job of flooding this with talent. And I'm, absolutely impressed, right? Even to another stance, I'm impressed how much talent he has flooded in the year's time. I'm not out here saying World Series Pirates 2025. I'm not out here saying, like, this is going to be the best team. Like, But all I'm grading is what he's done. And what he's done so far, I have to give him an A. And I had my doubts from day one. Yeah, and I think if you look at Huntington at that point,
1: like a year in or a year and a half, like Huntington was Mm -hmm. Huntington at a year and a half was absolutely awful. Mm -hmm. He did nothing well. Right. However, I also think he missed on a lot of trades. Like it took him a while to start hitting. He missed on trades. He missed on drafting. He missed on everything, which
0: so far Sherrington has been like the complete opposite. You know, like again, he had a Jason Bay. We had Josh Bell.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had james Tyler. I would I would say Marte, Josh or Jason Bay.
0: But OK, uh, uh, you're right. I, I took out the, the Marte in this comparison. Yeah, you're right. He did have a Marte. That's very fair.
1: He went Sherrington went lower level, obviously completely different situation. But Sherrington went lower level not lottery ticket, but more upside Huntington went higher floor. Didn't work. Mm -hmm. But what I would say, if we're talking about Huntington, if he does not make that arch trade, we might be talking about a different GM. If he doesn't make the arch trade, if he doesn't if we're talking about Hayes Reynolds Meadows, Glass now, and it all works out, Musgrove here, it might be a different g m but he did,
0: and that was the final straw. This might be a topic for another show,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: but yeah, was the like was the archer trade a gift and a curse.
2: I would say it was absolutely a
0: curse. <laughs> I, I, okay. And and again, we can maybe expand yeah. upon this. To keep this short, my, my thought on this, because we always talk about, and, and, and you're right, had that trade not been done, Huntington could still be here. But would this team still be treading slightly above And still Probably. not go anywhere, right? I don't know. But because but the also, trade was made, it was a curse. You're right. Yeah. But because also of the with curse, the NL Central. I mean, that's 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 true. You know, that's all we. That's a last year, six,
2: 60 game season. They would have they would have won thirty four games last year. You know, or thirty games last year, they would have been in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, but now Glassnell's hurt, I mean, so he, he wouldn't be pitching for the Pirates anymore. So.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I mean, Shane Boss is just moving.
0: Yes, yes. That's a draft I, pick. I he
2: definitely hit on. Yeah, he hit on that pick.
0: <laughs> what even developed them? That's the he question. Was already
2: pretty good at that point too, though. Like, was he? Like when they traded him, I was not happy. I was not happy with that one, especially as a player to be named um, later. <laughs> yeah, that was that was bad. Um, no, I mean we can talk about that yeah. forever. It's it's. It's in the past. It is what it is. It happened. Move on. I, I, I just, I agree with what you said from a, um, from like if we're going to grade Sherrington to this point, he hasn't really done anything that, uh, that I can complain about. Uh, he's, he's basically every decision he's made has, has turned out to be the best one trading Marte when he did worked out trading Musgrove when he did seems to be working out. Um, trading holding on to Frazier an additional year instead of tr- trading him last year that's worked out. Um, the Tyone trade working out so every, everything he's done so far has worked out. And, and he, like, like you said, he's brought in a ton of talent into this organization. There was already a, a decent amount here, um, but, but he, he has definitely just kept that pipeline flowing of talent into the organization.
1: I think you would argue the Musgrove trade, but. That's a conversation for another yeah. time
0: yeah I, I want to say that that yeah if there's one thing to pick on it might be the musgrove one, but fair that's fair. i I think like you're you're grasping at straws at this point you know in doing so it still was mm-hmm. still was a fine trade I think at the end of the day um it, it could have worked out where he could have also kept musgrove right like think mm-hmm. about Musgrove right now if he's doing what he's doing there what his value could be, it could have been a lot better than what we're getting back, you know, what we did get back then. Um, but I, I want to ex- again expand upon that and say this one more time. Like, I think the great, like, w- well, the town was definitely the greatest, <laughs> but I think like the second greatest thing he's done is to identify, like, he chose to trade Bell when he did. He chose to trade town when he did. Musgrove, we can argue, but he still did it, still got a fair return. He chose to keep Adam Frazier of all the people. And like look what Adam Frazier's doing. He was in the All-Star game. None of those other guys were. He's leading the league in hits, right? He chose to keep Frazier. And so, like, what a clutch and ballsy move, I feel, to do so. That's the guy he chose. And look at the, like, look at the season he's having. And you're, I'm sure, gonna expect a haul in the sense of Adam Frazier hauls, a haul for Adam Frazier.
1: Mm-hmm. And we sat here and argued about Josh Bell and him being the yes. same as Neil Huntington because they got Will Crow.
0: Yeah, a- again, I, right? Uh, I had my doubts. I sat in the
1: seat, <laughs> going, "Ah, he's the same as Neil Huntington." Eddie yained. Yeah, he seems interesting, but lame. Right? What a terrible Christmas day that was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: That was Christmas. Was that Christmas Eve or? It, it, was, the Eve. Day before, it right? was
0: Eve. It was Eve. Because I remember oh, I actually did it on, on lunch while I was working. Oh, <laughs> yeah. told Tyler, all right, I'll take him lunch right now. Let's go record. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, it,
2: no complaints whatsoever about Sherrington. He's done a great job up to this point. Now it's just time to show that he can develop the guys. I mean, he he's. He's done the job of acquiring the talent.
0: Now he just needs to de- to uh, develop it. Um. So one thing I wanted to go back into the draft for and talk about. So there's two drafts now under his belt. Well, unless you talk to ESPN, this would be his third, apparently. But there's two drafts under his belt. Uh I know last year was different. <laughs> Tyler picked up on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Last year was a little bit different. It was just five rounds. And again, we can say Nick Gonzalez fell to him. like it's a no-brainer. But now the second one, I don't know if it's by design. Okay? I don't know if it's his mythology or whatever. But what I've seen so far is first round last year, we're still going to use the word safe, right? But a good, solid college hitter. Might not have the most upside as other players, right? But a good Nick Gonzalez, good college hitter this year number 1 good college hitter and then it was upside guys right we went to the next uh, the right the next three picks all high school actually next four picks all high school guys no yeah all high school yeah, guys um let, let's let's get you know let, let's get the upside here and that's kind of what they did last, like last show the mazinski you know, like let's mm-hmm. let's get him in here. And it seemed like they saved the money in round four and five, and this year they kind of did it again. Those middle rounds saving money, so they can get these guys. Is this maybe by design, or is it just it just how it worked out? Maybe. I
2: think this year is just kind of how it worked out. I still don't think we have a large enough sample size to, like, basically go out and say that you know Charrington prefers college bats in the first round and then upside later on. I don't know if we can say that yet. Um, I'd have to look at his drafts in Boston too, to see what he did. I'm not, I'm not too familiar with him. Uh, I haven't really looked, but uh, it, it has kind of just worked out that way the last two years. Cause I mean, yeah, last year Gonzalez kind of fell to him. So he took him. I don't, I don't know if. Right. Like and that was Gonzalez me not wanting to give him credit. Not, <laughs> yeah. So like if Gonzalez didn't fall to him, would he have gone? with like Robert Hassel who would have been like the big upside high school bat, or would have he have gone with, you know, maybe Emerson, was Emerson Hancock still available at that point, you know, somebody like that, like a pitcher. I, I don't know what he would have done last year. There were a lot of names associated with that pick. Like I don't think anybody knew what we were doing last year really. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, Zach Veen, I think was another name that we were kind of attached to, but yeah, I, 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 I'll i just give him one more draft before we kind of give him a kind of like a title of you know college bat first. Title. I don't know, but yeah,
0: I just, and I'm with you. I know it's, it's small. I just, that was something, you know, of course you just kind of noticed, right? I mean, cause he's been a guy who's acquired a lot of upside guys in all these trades. but we look at the draft, each first round pick was a college bat. So I just found that to be interesting. You know, and again, especially this year, we're tied to all the young shortstops. And then Charrington comes out and says, yeah, jokes on all of you. Here's Henry Davis, this college bat. So, again, the year after another college bat, found it to be kind of interesting if maybe there is some pattern, maybe there's some type of sorcery behind, you know, Charrington's draft methods here or whatnot. But, but. So, yeah,
1: with- I was trying to look into? his Boston drafts, but obviously things can change right now. I think at least for this draft class, he was looking at guys. What I, what I think he's looking at is guys that he's looking at one player, at least that can mash and play at the major league level. And then we'll figure it out from there, which I don't think is a bad strategy, but that's what, I've kind of gathered from these last two draft classes which have been really weird because they're they have not been normal. But that's kind of where he's gone with it. I think this year was like a
2: perfect storm too. Like I mean everybody was talking about how deep the the high school class was this year. Right. And I mean it it just worked out perfectly for the Pirates that they were able to take that college player first. Get an underslot deal, which it sounds like they're pretty close to signing him. There's they're 30 talking. It seems like they're pretty close uh, according to reports today. And and so he was like getting, said like
0: substantially below. So it's yeah, like, I wonder so how like, much money he's taking.
2: True. So like getting getting that locked up and then just the amount of depth this high school class had, they were able to just load up um on on all those high school players with a bunch of upside.
0: It, it just worked out perfect for him. So, draft's complete. I know we hit on this a little bit, but again, Henry Davis is the pick. Uh, after that, it seems like most guys are going to be here if they come up here, you know, years away, right? It's not in stuff. Like the next picks are all you mentioned high school guys. So, unless some college bat rises rather quickly, right? Whether it's Jackson Glenn or whomever, uh, probably going to be some years away. So, next year's 2022. Year after that's 2023. You can imagine Henry Davis is gonna be here. Nick Gonzalez is here. I mean, also is this is, is this a true message that like Ben Sherrington says we're gonna start winning some games soon. You'd hope know so, right? I I know again we, we talked about it a little bit, but like <laughs> Yeah, but I mean I think you
1: look at a Brian Hayes and a Brian Reynolds window and you think this is it. I need to get some talent up there now. Is that his draft philosophy? No, but did it have something to do with it? I think it might have had a little bit to do with it where I need more talent up there as soon as I can. Whereas you draft a Marcelo Mayer and we're looking at 2025 and we're trading Hayes and Reynolds.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how this offseason goes. Again, like we we talked about in previous shows, but yeah, I mean I think I think you at least are adding complementary pieces next year to, to at least just not suck. <laughs> um like I mean be be competitive next year because again, I don't think you can I don't think you can go through and waste a whole other year of those two. 'cause then that's three years, basically you're throwing down the drain between last year this year, and next year if you're just punting again
0: so what is your weekend after the draft prediction for next year? do you think chair like I know you said it, and I'm with you. do you think charity's gonna do that like do you think he's looking at this club right now and is there a real chance that they might add next year? Seeing and the, hey, we didn't. I think I don't think we said it on here. Maybe we did. Jock Peterson was officially traded. Like the Cubs are officially like blowing this thing up. We know the Cardinals aren't that good, right? The Reds aren't that good. Milwaukee's really not all that good. Like this division is not that good. There's ton of guys in this system right now. And let's also couple this right with this this topic here. Jim's one that brought up. There are ten guys, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Ten guys that are Rule Five eligible next year. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of decisions that has to be made mm-hmm. about this major league club as well. Like, is this team also going to be looking to trade away talent to acquire talent next year? Does he look at this and say, like, let's let's do something here in 2022? It's not going to be, it's not going to be World Series Pirates but can they and should they like do you think he's really gonna do it <laughs> any bold predictions um,
2: i don't I don't think they're they're to the point yet where they are trading away minor league talent for major league talent but i would re God, i don't know i don't know I don't know what they're gonna do. I think priority number one this off season is extend Hayes and Reynolds. I think that's the first priority is to extend them. But then if you extend them, you got to give them something next year. I don't think they're even going to sign an extension if you just say, okay, well, we want to sign you to an extension, but we're going to suck again. You know, um, I don't know. I don't know how interested they would be in that. So maybe you sign them to extensions. And part of that is, okay, hey, if we can lock you down it's go time right now you know that that could be part of it i would love that to be the case i think most of the fans would love that to be the case i mean it's not fun watching a team lose two out of three games and lose you know go on six game losing streaks every other week but uh it
0: is, is part of the carrot also like it's go time yeah. and then and then can Brian and reynolds come back and say well if it's go time well why is shelton here and then tarrington says okay so you're (laughs) also gone (laughs) because that has to happen too if it's go time then it's also go time for him right
2: so I think you give Shelton like one year of like not if it's go go time time. (laughs) not if it's go (laughs) time no I know but my one thing I will say about Shelton, and I think it was you know Pat Lackey brought it up on Twitter the other day like yeah the decisions have been bad but the one thing you can't say about this team is that like they haven't given up like this team goes out there and they they battle right um which you couldn't say that right about the 2019 pirates at the end of hurdles tenure like that team just flat out gave up right yeah this team as bad as they are they have not given up there you you will not see these guys just just give up um are they bad yeah but they they're 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 at least trying <laughs> you know <laughs> Which I know isn't like a high standard for professional sports, but
1: you know, what I mean, I think Jim's brought up the point multiple times about next year being like a 2011 Pirates type of year where they really need to show something. And whether that be calling people up, doing whatever needs to be done, but they need to show something, or else, like you guys said, it's probably shelty time to be done.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah I I don't know I I just if you talked to me you know like after last draft I probably would assume like next year's is another uh, I'm looking at this year like they're gonna get like try for them one pick and the next year after that you know probably get close to it as well but it's like the more and more I see and, and again I guess it's it's to Charrington's ability I guess right like he's He's forcing the hand. Like, you're looking at this club. You're looking at everything. And then, of course, the landscape of the NL Central, it just seems more and more like it's it's go time. Like, it's coming closer and closer because yeah. they're being forced to do it. The talent is coming. There's a lot of it here. As Jim says, it's it's all, it's all bunched up. You know, there's a lot of talent that's coming up here quickly. Um, and he's just infusing it with closer talent, with Gonzalez and now Henry Davis. So... There's, t- I mean, I'm not going to say tons, but there's money to spend because this is bottom out. And again, Polanco's not in this club next year. So there's even more money being freed up. Why can't they go ahead and do something? Like you said, Tyler, 2011. Like, why can't they? And not even can't, why shouldn't they do something where next year they make some things happen? Next that year way needs you put to out a, a formidable team.
1: Next year has to be a as Jim has said, a relatively competitive team. We're not asking for a playoff team. You just have to be able to compete and maybe not be in the top five of the draft.
0: Let me ask you this. Should you push to try to get a playoff team? I think that's dependent upon where they're at at a certain point. So planning on this off season, I know we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but just you know, it's after the draft. Like playing this off season, your Charrington, like wh- what do you think he should do? Are you looking around saying let's let's try to make a push, or is it just let's let's trust the process?
2: I mean, I've already said I've already said what what we should do. I mean, shore up the shore up the corner outfield spots, bring in somebody competent to play. First base, um they there's too much talent out there in Major League Baseball, too much cheap talent to be just every day trotting out waiver wire pickups in the corner outfield. Like there's just no excuse for that, and there's there's just too many guys out there who are capable of playing those positions. Um, so shore that up, I think, and not, I think you do kind of what you did this year. You just try to find a couple rotation pieces um like tyler anderson i would even be fine with them bringing tyler anderson back I, I, i've said that before i think he, he's a good he's a good candidate to just bring back like if you don't get what you want for tyler anderson or maybe you do and then he becomes a free agent and then you re-sign him again he's someone who i wouldn't mind coming back here next year um and then you know bucko mike just mentioned mason martin in september next year but i think the goal is you know you've got those guys in double a Cruz in particular, um, who you hope will be there like mid year next year. Gonzalez maybe mid year next year. If those two can make it mid year, then you're then you're talking about a lineup that isn't half bad.
1: Right. And all you gotta do is get a lineup that doesn't blow
0: <laughs> for like a month and a half. Yeah. And then you got you guys coming on. And I I mean, I don't know. I'm just kind of, I'm actually getting excited about the Pirates, if that makes sense. You know, like it's actually starting to come together, feeling some excitement about this organization, seeing a future. And I guess for the sense like you're actually seeing the plan like unfold, you're seeing it all come, you know, together. What he really was set out to do, right? As Tyler said back when you go to these trades before, and you're like, eh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, right? Like, even the Marte one, we were kind of underwhelmed a little bit. The Josh Bell one, underwhelmed, you know, it's like, why this happened, why this? And now we look at it, and it's like, it all makes sense. It's all makes sense. And I don't know, I'm I just like I said, you're starting to get the excitement, and it just feels like 2022. Something needs to happen. I don't want to see another losing season at all. It doesn't make sense. Like it's almost like it, it is go time. Let's like twenty twenty two needs to be the infamous that bridge year, because twenty twenty three to me is is go time. If Shelton if Shelton is a manager next year, that has to be his last year for me. That's it. Because twenty twenty three it is go time for this organization.
1: Yeah, it needs to be like a yeah. what was the twenty fourteen Cubs, where they. Snapped real quick. Everyone knew it was coming, but they, they got Joe they, Madden in there. They got their Schwarber. <laughs> they got their Schwarber. <laughs> they got Joe Madden in there. Chris Bryant came up. Javi yep. came up. It was awful. when... yeah, he was. It needs. So- mm-hmm. And they spent money. That of course will be the key. <laughs> We're getting there. Yeah, I don't think we
0: need
2: to spend Cubs money, but.
1: No, there's uh
2: there are definitely people to be had in the free yeah. agency world in this offseason. But
0: we we don't and, need to see
1: chase the young out there
0: right. anymore. What I was gonna say too is you don't have to you don't you won't need to have to spend Cubs money also if you can at least just develop one pitcher. If they develop one pitcher, then you probably don't need to spend Cubs money. Because <laughs> they couldn't develop shit. So so here no. <laughs> Prayers for Contreras, prayers for <laughs> Priester, right? <laughs> Keller figuring it out. Who knows? Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: They got to hit Krannic. on a
1: few of those. just figure it out. Brubaker, please just continue to be an okay major leader.
0: Yeah. Like, he's the ace right now. If you can depend De- on him being just- a four or five, like that's... That's cake. All right. So we want to wrap this up here. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. Any last thoughts, words on the draft?
1: Liked it. I mean, we'll see.
0: We'll see.
2: Yeah, it was good. I mean, I, I, I no complaints really. Um, they did a, Like I said, those first four picks are going to define this draft. So, if they can just hit on, I mean, if they hit on two of them, it's it's excellent. If, if one of them turns out great, cool. But if they can, if they can hit on two out of those four picks, then it's a big time draft.
0: Give me all the Bubba Chandler. I want to see the two way star. And apparently he wants to do it, and I hope they allow it. I can't wait to Chance see they I, will. I, I can't wait to see Bubba Chandler. And that guy just looks like a dude. I mean he He seems like he's he probably looks, gonna be pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he looks like
1: a guy that wants to be in Pittsburgh. He just wants to play baseball.
0: He he wants to play baseball. He loves baseball. Yeah. So I can't wait to see uh, see what he can do. And, yeah, again, hope both ways for him. All right. Well, then I guess we're out of here. We'll be back next week. Pirates will play tomorrow. Get baseball back. Talk about Tyler's best friend, Mason Martin, maybe, when he hits his 23rd home run next week. And uh, we'll see you then. <laughs> Bye-bye. It's our Scouts. See you, guys.